Hello, my name's Suzanne Bidlake and I'm the commercial editor at Campaign. Welcome to this edition of the Campaign podcast. Today, we're talking about navigating risk in uncertain times, and we're talking specifically about something that has really taken off in recent times and which some say could be a fail-safe way for brands to de-risk their marketing and media strategy in this year that we're embarking on of tightened consumer spending and overall uncertainty. We're talking retail media. And appropriately, we're talking with a company which blazed this trail back in 2008 when Dunhumby started working with brands which wanted to advertise across Tesco's retail media estate. In the 15 years since then, and during which Dunhumby became fully owned by Tesco, the offer has evolved from point of sale and coupon till promotions to broader activities across both Tesco.com and in-store. And at the end of 2021, the entire offering was relaunched as the Tesco Media and Insight platform, powered by Dunhumby, with the promise of a wholesale reboot, a panoply of new developments, and, in a major shift of its focus, an expansion beyond dealing solely with brand shopper marketing teams. For the first time, the company is now working with media agencies and with advertisers' brand marketing teams, promising huge benefits from the ability for brands to tie all their marketing together at every stage in the purchase funnel and enabling creativity throughout, powered by bigger, better data and insights. Given that Tesco's retail media network is the UK's largest, with access to 500 in-store digital screens, a loyalty scheme that counts 20 million households, and a website that attracts an average of 22 million unique visits a month, it's a move that is predicted to accelerate retail media even faster, driven also by ad tech developments, the increase in first-party data, and the end of cookies. In this special podcast, in partnership with Tesco Media and Insight, I'm happy to say that I have talking with me down the line, Ucho Fili, Head of Media Agency at Dunhumby. And to bring the agency and brand perspective to the conversation, I'm delighted we also have Kiese Lamour, Global Head of Media Commerce at Wonderman Thompson. Hello and welcome to you both. Hi, and thank you for having us. Thank you very much. Looking forward to having a good chat. <laughs> it's an absolute pleasure. So can I start first of all with you, uh, Uche, and the seemingly simple question, what does retail media actually mean to Tesco? Now, this question seems quite simple, but it is nuanced in the sense that some people see retail media as inventory that you can buy just on an e-commerce website, but it means a lot more than that at Tesco, doesn't it? It does indeed. And I think actually the reason for that is that most of the definitions have come from maybe more digital focused uh, vendors or, or players within the media space. I think for us, it's a step further than just e-com. So slightly a disservice to the opportunity to just minimize it to the e-com and digital elements. We find it an all encompassing of the retail media ecosystem and, and more importantly, the customer journey. So you're looking at the new mindset of omni-channel shoppers. So that's across the piece from sofa to store, right? So retail media for us has been identified as marketing to consumers at or near the point of purchase, but also with in mind the connected media funnel from sofa to store. So, you know, this can take place from within store, out of store, on a retailer's website or on apps indeed, or even sent direct to shoppers using retailer-owned properties like loyalty mailings and magazines. But ultimately, it's about activating at scale across the customer journey. Mm -hmm. Kiese, what does it mean to you? What's What's been your experience in it so far and, and how are brands viewing it? How excited are they? 
Well, at uh, Waterman Thompson, we have similar view as Tesco, right? In that retail media is much more than e-commerce on-site activations. Uh, it includes everything that Uche has mentioned, but also from a digital perspective, everything that is uh, off-site. So think about leveraging retailers' data on social platforms, leveraging retailers' data um, on, on programmatic channels. Um, when it comes to my personal experience with retail media, funny enough, I like to call it my first date with retail <laughs> media. Um, and that was back in, in 2015 uh, when I was leading our partnership with EMEA to activate Nectar data in, in programmatic. Of course, I'm mentioning uh, uh, a competitor here, but it's just to give you um, some, some background into, into how long I've been dipping my toes into retail media. So as Uchi has explained, and also as you've you know, aptly said in your introduction, retail media as a concept isn't new, right? Brands have done this for years through shopper marketing. Um, and when, when we speak with brand, we can see that they fundamentally believe in it and know it can deliver growth and value for their businesses. What is new though, is the extensive use of data and technology, especially from a digital perspective, which has meant a step change in the way retailers work and how they need to engage with brands. But this has also resulted into more um, opportunities for brands to engage with their customers in a meaningful way. Um, and, and genuinely, brands are excited about the ability to have more insights, robust measurement, more transparency and more control than it did before. And before we get into the specifics of retail media itself, can we just lay out some of the context for where we are at the moment and exactly why some of these brands are getting really excited about retail media? Can you please, Uche, just tell us what you're seeing are the real drivers of consumer spending behaviour right now, specifically what customers are looking for in a time of economic downturn such as we're facing? Yeah, yeah, sure. Thank you. So I think we only need to look to the West to see what's going on with retail media, with the likes of Walmart, Carrefour, uh, Lynx, Kroger, etc. Target. They're building up these huge media estates and becoming real key players within the market. But I think to to touch on what what you're speaking about specifically when we're talking about an economic downturn, I think we can start to look at things like value over price narrative and our ability to support brands with communication in store, especially. I think trust plays a huge part in our offering and customer salience and building that customer trust within a brand safe environment. But, you know, figures figures at the moment state that retail media now makes up 11% of global digital ad spend. So the ability to personalize messages within our, our ecosystem that has 20 million plus club card holders allows us to talk about cutting costs across subscriptions and, and thinking of new ways in which you can still tap into key moments. Moment marketing is huge for us here at Tesco Dunhamby. When you start looking at stuff like the World Cup, Christmas, seasonal events that are co coming up like Valentine's Day and Easter at home, we'll probably find more people spending more time at home and we can give them recommendations and inspiration as, as to how to spend that now marginalized budget um, more wisely. But even again, talking about things like inspiration across batch cooking, um, I think we, we're uniquely placed to speak to consumers across the piece. Ultimately, I'd say the overarching message, though, is value over price narrative. Mm. 
Absolutely. Okay, so what, 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 are your, what are your clients telling you that their consumers are looking for and what does your own research lay out for you? It varies, right, from, from one region to, to another. Um, I mean, I have the, the privilege to be in a global role, so I, I can see some of the differences in LATAM, in, 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 uh, in EMEA, in North America, and so on and so forth. Um, but I think price definitely plays an important role in, in you know, customer purchase decisions, as it has a direct impact on your wallet. But overall, I will agree with Uche. I believe that value is what people are after. Um, and value can be perceived in different ways by different people, right? If you take, um, you know, one of my friends likes to take the, the example of buying vodka versus wine. She always tells me that any day, any time, she will buy vodka uh, that would cost her 16 pounds and buy a bottle of wine that would cost her 16 pounds because, you know, the bottle of vodka will go, you know, that much further. That, that's, that's a life, that's an example, but I think it illustrates the concept of value a, a little bit and how it can differ for people. But when it comes to uh, brands and retailers like supermarkets uh, in particular, it is ultimately about helping customers make the most of what they buy. Um, and it can be about, uh, like Uche has mentioned earlier, helping the, them with recipes that can help them stretch their pantry a little bit further or offering bundled buys that ensure they have more for less um, or offering, I don't know, you know, a special promo on their favorite treats so that they can enjoy their me moments, right? Without the guilt of having spent money on indulgence, especially in the times that we're living right now, other than maybe, you know, the guilt of packing calories uh, if we're talking about <laughs> edible products. <laughs> I, think I, I certainly know about that. Um, thank you for that. Can, can you, um, Kese, can you now just sort of um, tell us more about what you see brands needing most in a time of uncertainty? Um, so I, I will look at it from, from an advertising perspective. Obviously, you know, I'm a... I'm a consultancy slash uh, agency, so I will look at that from that perspective. I think genuinely, and, and, and I try also to tap into my own experience working for, for a brand many, many years ago. I won't tell you when, because that would just betray my age. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> it is scary, right, and, and counterintuitive to think that uh, one should continue advertising during an economic downturn. But what I always like to keep in mind is that if Kellogg's has taught us something with their strategy during the Great Depressions of the 1930s, is that advertising during a recession actually pays dividends, right? So it isn't so much about chasing immediate returns because, you know, let's be honest, you might not see it, right, mm. in, in the short term, but it is about investing into brand building for the future, um, almost like a small seed essentially hiding a big forest. But you also need, you know, that seed to work really hard. It's not about throwing money outside the window. So events, investing smartly and having the tools to do so becomes paramount. But also, especially in the times that we live in, the tone has got to be right and resonate with what people are going through right now. So again, going back to the concept of value that Uche and I mentioned at the beginning, it's about delivering value offering uh, you know, different use cases to your customers, supporting the community, et cetera. Um, in saying that though, I would like to also point out that 
adopting a full funnel, it's a bit of a side note, but I think it's relevant to the point, like adopting a full funnel strategy still is relevant in times of uncertainty. It's not just about, you know, uh, 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 pursuing uh, bottom of the funnel strategies because a recession doesn't change the fact that customers you're trying to reach will be at various stages of the purchase journey. So you need to engage with them where they are in a relevant way. And you, Uche? So I think uncertainty extends to broader budget setting as we enter a downturn, but I'm pretty certain that most marketers have had some in-depth conversations around this and next year's budget setting. So I thought it might be helpful to remind ourselves of the facts. So I've, I've, I've stolen some stats here from analytic partners who specifically outline both the short-term and long-term value of investing in a downturn. So 60% of brands that increased their media investment during the last recession saw return on investment improvements. Brands that increased paid advertising also saw a 17% rise in incremental sales. And over the last three recessions, companies who invested outperformed competitors by at least 10% in sales and profit growth. So when you start to look at that share of voice, it's really important that we continue to be consistent. And I think by contrast, marketers who cut ad spend risk losing 15% of their revenue during a recession. Obviously, pretty stark figures and, of course, sometimes easier said than done. I think we can all be confident that the brands and businesses that continue to invest during the downturn will set themselves up for success. And there's a clear direct correlation between ad spend and penetration. And from a Tesco Dunhumby perspective, over the course of the next year, we'll be launching some tools to aid brands with understanding of share of voice across the Tesco Media and Insight platform. So in a similar fashion to what you see maybe from Meta and other providers, we'll be looking to launch similar in the next financial year. And we'll also be working with brands with you on Bespoke Insight from our team of data scientists who've started some analysis on this already. So for example, we have started to assess the correlation between ad spend and the penetration of a brand in Tesco. And as you can see from examples that we've shared within market, there is some really interesting insight around performance. So yeah, from my perspective, I think with brands being under more and more pressure, marketers need to show some sort of accountability of ad spend, right? So as the UK's largest closed loop grocery media and inside platform, we're able to almost connect the dots between advertising exposure and customer behavior across online, offline touch points. So we can help brands make better product, marketing, and commercial decisions and understand the true impact of their spend. Mm. So bearing in mind what consumers want, i.e. to feel supported with personalized value and trust, and what brands want, um, budgets that work extremely hard and, and the proof to show it in this uncertain year, the suggestion is then that retail media is one potential solution to both those sets of requirements. And the prediction is that it will see off the scale growth. Now, for any brand marketing teams and agencies who are starting to think that they need to get up to speed with this, where previously maybe it's only been you know the shopper marketing teams that have dealt with it, um, can you lay out the scale, Uche, of exactly what the new Tesco Media and Insight platform offers? Uh, a small question. Um, I'm hoping you can answer it. <laughs> yeah, certainly. I think um, for, for, for us, we, we, we believe that no one's better place to help you understand your customer 
than Tesco, especially within the grocery sector. The club card gives customers the power to lower prices, but we think it also gives brands the power to supercharge their marketing, right? Based on the insights that we've gleaned over the years. From a scale standpoint, uh, unprecedented scale, we're huge. We reach 20 million plus households, and that's not 20 million plus users, it's households. And for reference, there are only 27 million households in the UK, which means that we're, you know, we're truly representative of the diverse UK market, so we're nationally representative. So an interesting fact is that a third of our customers are upmarket. This is larger than Waitrose, Sainsbury's, and M&S combined. Mm. But more than just size, the sheer depth, breadth, and let's say connectedness of our club card database, it, it helps drive quality insights and relevant targeting. So as, as such, 75% of, of, um, of baskets use the club card. 100% of those are online, 80%, 75% within stores. So we believe this level of access to so many customers can help inform not only Tesco ecosystem uh, media monetization, but your total UK strategy when thinking about the customer mindset. So ultimately what we do is everything is at the heart of, um, data is at the heart of everything we do. So the club card data is at the epicenter of what we do. And we can help brands understand their customers like never before. And, and we are the largest retailer data set in the UK and growing at pace. And, and, and that gives you the ability to really hone in regionally if you want to talk, target people very, very specifically. But when we start talking about scale and why this lends itself nicely to brands and agencies alike, if we were to sell our, our Tesco radio, it's a new proposition. It's, it's ultimately our Tannoy system. If we were to sell this as a standalone proposition, we'd be the largest FM radio station in Europe. I mean, scale-wise, Tesco mag magazine has a larger readership than The Sun. And, you know, we see 10 million app users at the moment using the app to, to, to find out about inspiration or even just to make their orders. So we're really excited by the opportunity. And certainly we, we're stepping into the retail media um, environment as, a, as an authority, given our history in this space. Mm. So it sounds as though there are a lot of things that you've had for years that you're able to sort of retrofit the new zooped up, you know, data and insights um, and, and use to great effect for brands. But you've also got some new products, haven't you, coming, coming online. Um, can you tell us a bit about those? So, yeah, it's really exciting. So we had our upfronts in December and a year before that, we had our Tesco Media Insight platform launch in November of 2021, where we brought to market meta audiences. That's your ability to license a Dunhumby audience, Tesco audience, and overlay that within the meta ecosystem. As you mentioned, Scan As You Shop is really exciting for us. The ability to have a handheld device within the customer's hand as they scan the shop, doing their weekly shop or their ad hoc shop. Really excited about this opportunity. I think we're the first retailer to launch and bring to market. But think about the potential opportunities that this brings in terms of geolocation, in terms of consumer behavior and previous purchase history, our ability to maybe pair so if you were to buy spaghetti, we'd then refer you to some bolognese sauce that's on, on offer, or even depending on what aisle you go down, we could make a recommendation as to what offers that align to your personal tastes. We made a recent announcement around ITV and our ability to partner with them in a connected TV fashion. Again, utilizing our data, first party data, and then overlaying that with the ITV subscription base. 
we launched the upfront, the trade desk, Pinterest and Infosum partnerships that are being built out as we speak. And more in terms of our in-store activations, we're looking at more digitalization of the in-store experience. It's all about the customer experience and making sure that we are speaking to customers in a language in which they're receptive. So we're having goalposts put in screen, which are large overarching screens within the BWS aisles, I think is the initial trial, and that will be rolled out to end of aisle. But ultimately, your ability to talk to customers utilizing you know, your creative assets, your, your your video assets that you might also use on our, our connected display or out of home screens as well. So obviously we have a smart screen network of over um, 502 screens and counting, um, but it's the ability to connect that across the journey. So whether that's offsite, speaking to people within your social environments, onsite, relevant sponsored search and some of our sponsored products, but then looking at some of the in-store experiences and out-of-home experience. So truly a closed-loop environment Mm. from sofa to store and the ability to measure all of that activity during that period. So it's interesting to note that obviously we're building out ourselves a proposition, which I think is very important for agencies and brands alike as we continue down this road. But we have an existing business, which is our managed service business, which historically has faced into CPGs, but can also be accessed by brands and agencies as well. So which of these offerings excites you the most? Um, maybe, the, maybe the vodka in the basket, I don't know. But, and, I'm, and, and I'm also wondering if you've got any examples of any, uh, you know, success of, of clients that you have who have used any of this even. Sure. Well, in, some, in terms of your first, uh, your first question, which of these products has taken me the most? I'm going to say all of them. And I know it sounds pretty non-committal, uh, but uh, I say that simply because everything that, you know, Tesco and Don Humby are developing are giving advertisers and agencies more opportunities to reach customers wherever they are, as I mentioned before. Um, and, and I also really can't pick just one solution because um, one solution might fit one advertiser, but not the other. Um, as Uche uh, mentioned earlier, right? If you are a regional uh, brand, um, you know, and, and you want to go after radio, that is appropriate for you. If you are, you know, a global brand and you want to have a, a fully omni-channel strategies with, and, and you have a high level of digital maturity, you might consider, you know, all the social and programmatic platforms. So, you know, it, it really is good that we have a portfolio of options in the arsenal to enable us to serve a broader set of clients, but also a broader set, more importantly, of objectives. Um, in regards to, to your second question um, about you know client success, um, the the one of the 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 great success that that we've had you know very recently because I was looking at the data actually this morning before I jumped uh, onto this podcast um, was that when Tesco released checkout in Q4 of last year. We here jumped on it like it was going out of fashion, right? And and started testing it for one of our clients that offers high price point premium products for their category. And so far, as I was looking at the data this morning in the platform, I I personally was quite shocked, right? That the the conversion Mm -hmm. rates that we've seen on the campaign so far uh, ranges between 70 and 80%. And the ROAS uh, ranges between 220% and 1100%. Gosh. That is quite, those are quite 
high and robust number for a product that I generally felt was, you know, more of a last minute decisioning, right? So I was, even though I was expecting, you know, decent uh, uh, results, uh, because, you know, it, it really is on-site retail media, I wasn't expecting that to, to, that, to those scales, genuinely. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's a, that's a great testimony right there. Um, I'm also interested in how these developments um, on the Tesco Media Insight platform drive creativity in retail media, because I think that's something that might come as more of a surprise to people that have felt that perhaps in the past it hasn't been a very sort of creative environment. And I know that some of the things that you're um, talking about there, Uche, have been all about making efforts to encourage more brand expression and, you know, maybe bringing above the line campaigns into store and having slightly different sort of iterations of them there. Um, can, can you just sort of put a bit more meat on those bones, Uche? And, um, you know, again, if you've got any great example of, of a brand that's had success with that, that'd be good to know. Of course, yeah. And I think it's a really interesting time for retail media. Traditionally, we, as Kieso mentioned, we've been a, a, a channel that maybe is more of an ad hoc or, or, or a last-minute thought, a bolt-on to campaigns, just to if somebody's working on maybe a CPG brand with an agency or agent or brand direct. What we're seeing now is, especially as we move into this new digital era within within the retailer, um, more and more of a connected journey. Um, so across that sulfur to source piece, sulfur to store piece, excuse me, we're seeing more and more digitalization within store. For example, we have goalposts in store now, which are huge digital screens within the BWS aisles and impulse aisles, where you can really almost um, bespoke your tailor-made TV ad to sit within within store. Obviously, there are, there are kind of creative restrictions that apply within store, but never before have we seen screens of such magnitude within store that also align to our smart screens that sit out, out of home or outside of store and can kind of almost have a, a creative message that mirrors that of in-store experience, then out of store, and then also mirrored on device when you're looking at the app or even offsite on your social platforms, more and more we're pushing the boundaries in terms of what we're doing creatively. We're actively working with ISBA and the IAB in terms of how we standardize our creative assets within retail media, but more importantly, what we can do in terms of that messaging across the piece. We have new inventory constantly being um, released within our app and on, on site. Um, and obviously we have um, Citrus again with our relevant sponsors search. So new new placements all the time for brands to engage their customers within the buying mindset. And also interesting to note, our Whoosh proposition, which is Tesco's fast delivery service. We're trialing that at the moment and that's all delivered through the app. So it's not another app to download. It's all within the Tesco app and your ability to maybe talk to those shoppers that have more of a, a smaller basket size or more of a, a, a quick shop mindset lots of new creative ways in which we can engage with customers across the piece mm, that does sound exciting um Kiesa, you were saying that you jumped on uh, the new service the new offerings uh, for one of your brands but how are brands across the board do you think reacting to what's going on are they jumping in or are they some sort of waiting on the sidelines to to see these great results come out what what what's your take on that what are you seeing? I think hand on heart, these um, there, there isn't a one size 
fits all with, with this question, right? Um, mm-hmm. Again, like I mentioned earlier, I have the privilege to be in a global role, so can see from everything that we do across various countries um, that different clients are at different stages in that journey. Um, and, and and usually that boils down to two factors, right? The, the, the level of sophistication, of technological sophistication in that market and what partners are offering. But when it comes to the brand side, we, this usually boils down to how digitally and technologically mature they are and the current setup of their internal teams. Um, because like I mentioned earlier, uh, when we started this conversation, brands know that retail media can deliver growth for their business. So that isn't even a question for them. Um, but right, the internal setup sometimes can, can act as a blocker. And though the, the, there are silos that still exist in certain instances, what mm-hmm. I can say for sure is that there is a, a strong appetite across the board to better integrate, better integrate internally, better integrate with their external partners, so us agencies and consultancies, and also the retailers themselves. Because, and I don't know if it's exacerbated by what you know we're going through right now globally from an economic perspective, but every business right now has a strong imperative to deliver return on every ad spend, but also not just deliver return, but deliver with efficiency. So things like overlaps, things like duplication, things like cannibalizations are being closely scrutinized uh, across most of the brands that we work with. Thank you. I just want to come now to talk about sort of how and why this all works so well and, and how to get the best out of retail media that's you know changed um, exponentially quite rapidly in recent times and again you know for agencies who haven't been used to working in it this is this is a whole new area I wanted to ask you Uche about um, brand agency collaboration and really to sort of find out from you why should your platform be the partner of choice for retail media for for brands and agencies but to sort of talk about why that collaboration piece is more important than ever in retail media? Certainly. I think um, for us, Dunhumby's been working within customer data science for over 30 years now. And obviously we've been partnering with Tesco, the largest retailer within the UK, uh, for, 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 for over 15 years. So we have huge amounts of category knowledge to share with new clients and agencies alike. But also we find that advertising... Um, our advertising is it, customers opt into this and they want to engage with it. So they trust the Tesco brand and the media that is delivered via their channels. And also it's a brand safe media ecosystem. So advertisers can trust our inventory that their spend will be invested wisely in a closed loop ecosystem where they can see the impact of every pound they spend. Now, if we circle back to the agency brand and retailer relationship, at the, at the heart of everything that we do, we, play, we put the customer. And given our understanding of the customer, we think that working with agencies and their understanding of, of the clients themselves, one hand washes the other, really. We have lots of information and insight that lends itself really nicely to agencies, especially with the demise of the third-party cookie being imminent. Um, we think that we can support agencies with first-party data, pure, rich 
first party data set, but also educate them across this piece. I think it's quite nascent within agencies and and um, and we're finding that there's a lot of education that needs to happen across the across the board. And we're more than happy to support our agency partners with this. I think ultimately where we'd like to take this is a co-creation workshop environment where we have brand, agency, and retailer in the room where we can all think about exactly how we approach this retail media piece holistically as opposed to in silos the, the silos that Kiese mentioned earlier we do see that at times we may we may be speaking directly to CPG and there may be a silo budget over an agency what we're, what are our ambitions are and, and is very much sits within my team the agency team is to bridge that gap and we act as a middleman and the liaison between agency brand and retailer alike Brilliant. And Kiese, last sort of question for you before I come to my final question for you both. Um, Mm -hmm. How much of a game changer is this uh, for, for for advertisers and for agencies right now? Is there anything that you'd like to see more of or less of as we come into 2023? Um, So I I think that... The, the because we're talking earlier about you know why should should uh, should agencies use use Tesco so I'm I'm going to take the the the, the counter argument here and, and look at it for why you know uh, agencies and brands should work with with Tesco so I think the the approach that Tesco and Dunhambi have adopted with their product offering uh, and and the, the 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 strategy that they're using in terms of rolling it out is is key in a few ways so the the first reason for me is that it Democrat, democratizes, God, it's hard to be French, isn't it? Uh, it democratizes <laughs> <laughs> retail media and, and therefore, right, gives them access. By them, I mean brand and agencies to, uh, or uh, I mean retailers, uh, predominantly Tesco. It gives them access to a wider set of advertising stakeholders beyond the traditional group of people that oversaw shopper marketing on both sides. Um, the, the second uh, uh, key message for me here is really in regards to uh, the benefits from, from agencies and advertisers. I think that, especially from a digital perspective, it addresses the need for transparency by giving advertisers and agencies more access to data and insight to support planning, to support targeting, optimization, and measurement. Um, the third element really is about the need for control, um, especially for digital activation, especially when you're talking to a generation of people that have been drip fed by programmatic, that are obsessed about programmatic activation. So it provides advertisers and agencies the ability to be in the driver's seat, thanks to all the self-serve capabilities um, that Tesco and Donambi are pushing across Citrusad and Donambi Sphere, which also means you know speed and efficiency in execution of retail media program. Um, and then the, the two last element or point that I would like to raise here is that it addresses the need again, just like you know all all the offers that and and you know solutions that Uche mentioned at the beginning across on-site activation, off-site, um, you know in-store, etc. It gives us the need for full funnel activation by also offering more upstream solutions like display on-site and off-site upper funnel social activation, CTV integrations. Because one of the mistakes that often people make in our industry is that when they hear retail media, they automatically associate it with bottom of funnel activation. That is not true. 
you can have a full funnel strategy within the retail media channel. Um, and then last but not least, um, they are bringing, and, and Uche mentioned it earlier, agency constituents along the way uh, via intentional um, you know, education opportunities. I'm thinking about a lot of the webinars that they released last year, the agency roadshows, the upfront, um, the offering, you know, the better programs that deploy, uh, that they deploy before rolling out uh, a new solution, which I mentioned, you know, meta audiences, but also, you know, the leadership forums that they've created. Uh, I'm thinking about agency councils. And all of this makes it feel less black box. And this is what agencies and advertisers have been reproaching to the retail media sector in general, it was that feeling of black box, that feeling of lack mm. of transparency. And doing all of this really fosters useful feedback to improve not just you know, their own product offering first and foremost, but really set the tone for the rest of the industry as well. And by the way, I've been talking and I'm just realizing that I'm starting to sound like a Tesco rep or that I have <laughs> shares in Tesco and Don Hombi. I absolutely don't. I just want to make that very clear. I don't have shares in Tesco. I don't have shares in Don Hombi. I'm not a rep for Tesco and Don Hombi. Um, but this being said, though, let's, let's finish maybe on a, on a note that, that acts as a, as a counter argument to all the wonderful things that I've said earlier. What I would like to see more of, and, and that isn't just, you know, directed to Tesco or Dunhambi in particular, but the industry at large, all the key players, is standardization, a common currency that defines how all actors in the space operate. At the moment, there is no standardization in placement. There is no standardization in naming conventions. You know, some people would call some in-store activation chef talkers, another person would decide to call it chef barkers. Yeah. Um, there is no standardization in ad formats. Um, you know, everyone basically decides to do what they want to do, what they feel is right for, for, their, uh, for, for their assets. There is no standardization as well in adoption of measurement standards like third-party verification uh, platform, you know, the double verifies the IS of this world, or third-party ad server. And this uh, can be a real pain for planners and buyers. So standardization really is one of the next opportunity that I see to scale retail media even more. And I'm going to shut up now. <laughs> <laughs> well, honestly, Kiesa, you're brilliant. And all in English. I love the apologizing for being French. <laughs> you should see what, what would happen if we, we did it all in French next time for you. Um, Let's try but, it, please. Yeah, absolutely. I, I was going to try a bit, but I won't embarrass myself. Um, so we're coming to the end of the show now, but before you go, and forgive me in advance for stretching a metaphor terribly, um, but I'd like you to put one thing each, so one thought or piece of guidance or, or an action that you would put in our imaginary shopping basket for our listener to take away when they check out of this podcast. So I'm going to ask you, what will you choose, Kiese? And it can't be vodka. <laughs> By the way, I distance myself from that vodka example. I don't want to come across as the person that is typical media girl that drinks too much. I do not drink. I only drink water. <laughs> Fair enough. So well, I'm not going to go with one element that to put in a shopping basket, but I, I want to finish with maybe a big, well, what I consider a big statement at least because I'm, I'm, I'm excited about this, is that Retail media has been poised and is poised by, 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 you know, industry, industry pundit as being the third digital advertising big wave. And 
believe me you we are just getting started and you're just seeing the tip of the iceberg so if i have one advice or one thought to share is that if you've learned anything anything at all from google and meta which were at the onset of the first digital advertising big wave and the second digital advertising big wave respectively you will join the party now that's all i'm gonna say well, we know what's we know what's waiting for you at that party. I won't take that metaphor any further. Um, thank you very much, Bert. <laughs> and Uche, what, what's going to be your in your in your basket for our listeners to take away? Oh, my final thoughts. Um, there's so much that we've covered. Um, Just choose and, one and, thing. And Doesn't have to be the, think, the biggest. I think for me, I think for me, it's the distinction between e-com and retail media as an overarching proposition. As right. KSA mentioned, that full funnel, transparent closed loop, accountable environment, underpinned by the rich data. I think, I think for me, that lends itself so well to the conversations that we're having that currently exist mm. in silos, but that we're aiming to bridge together. So just have a think if you are a marketeer or you work on a CPG brand, and even sometimes non-endemic brands that will be offered the opportunity to advertise within the ecosystem in the future, have a think about how that lends itself holistically and how you can bridge the gap between your brand, your agency, and indeed the retailer. And again, we're more than happy to support with those conversations. But I think that to Kiese's point, those conversations are happening and they're, they're very much happening. And he or she who is not on the digital shelf of today will not be in the basket of tomorrow. <laughs> well, that's a great place to end. So um, thank Love you very it. much to you, both Kiese <laughs> and Uche for all your expertise and um, uh, fun, I would say, uh, to Tesco Media and Insight for partnering with us for this episode and to you, our listener. We'd love it if you would subscribe to the campaign podcast on your podcast platform of choice. And if you like what you hear, please leave us a lovely review. Until next time, on behalf of the campaign team and all of us here, goodbye. Goodbye. Thanks. Goodbye. Thank you for having us.